Hey, what's going on guys? My name is Dave and I'm here with your AFC South Scoop. This week's headlines include the Jaguars scheduling a meeting with Urban Meyer for their head coaching vacancy, the Jaguars possibly drafting Justin Fields instead of Trevor Lawrence if they do end up hiring Urban Meyer, the Texans hiring Nick Casario as their general manager, the Texans not interviewing Eric Bieniemy, Deshaun Watson possibly leaving because the team is not listening to him, J.J. Watt possibly leaving the Texans, the Colts barely making the playoffs, and the Titans clinching the division on a last-second field goal. So let's start with the Jaguars. It was reported earlier in the week that Urban Meyer would want $12 million a year, and that the Jaguars were extremely interested in him. They have already interviewed Eric Bieniemy and Raheem Morris, and they have this meeting scheduled with Robert Sully on Saturday. So, would they really want to hire Urban Meyer? I mean, he does have an interest in college record. I mean, he, he was 187 and 32 overall. He has three national championships, three Big Ten championships, and the list goes on as far as his resume. Now, I want to compare this to Nick Saban. Nick Saban was 255, 65, and 1 in college, so his record is definitely much better than Urban Meyer's, but it's comparable. It's probably the most comparable record that we have in college. Um, but Nick Saban ended up going 15 and 17 in the NFL. Obviously, we don't know what would have happened if he remained in the NFL. As you might know, Nick Saban was a coach at the Dolphins for around two seasons, I believe, and he left the team to take the coaching vacancy at Alabama, especially after not signing Drew Brees. So if he did stay in the NFL, it is possible that he might have had a winning record. He might have won a few Super Bowls. I mean, he is an excellent uh, college coach, but we don't know that for sure. But, you know, you look at Urban Meyer and, and you look at his record and his college resume speaks for itself. He's definitely an incredible head coach for college. Um, and he did retire in 2019, but we're not too sure if this will translate over to the NFL. But given the recent, uh, the recent college hires that we've seen over the past few years, I think that Urban Meyer definitely deserves a shot. You look at Matt Rule being hired by the Carolina Panthers, and Cliff Kingsbury being hired by the Arizona Cardinal. Uh, despite not being so amazing in college, I definitely do think that Urban Meyer deserves a chance at being an NFL head coach, because Matt Rule, you know, he had a he had a winning record, uh, but it wasn't that great. He he only had four more wins and losses. And Cliff Kim Kingsbury was definitely awful in college. So, you know, they both got chances, and they haven't really proven themselves in the NFL. Matt Rule went five and eleven this past season. Cliff Kingsbury had a losing record his first season with the Cardinals, and then he had a 500 record this past season. But we did see in Kingsbury's case that his team improved. He was able to develop his quarterback, and given the team, it was overall fairly successful, although it ended in disappointment. Now, if the team does end up hiring Urban Meyer, which I'm not too sure if they would, I think that the first choice would have to be Eric Bieniemy. I think that he's the first choice for every single team in the league that has a head coaching vacancy. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, the ball is in his court. He can decide where he wants to go. And I'm not too sure if he would choose the Jaguars, given the fact that if he chooses the Chargers, for example, he would have a team that's ready to win now. If he chooses the Falcons, he definitely has a better team than Jaguars. If he chooses the Texans, given the fact that Deshaun Watson stays with the Texans for next season and beyond, he would have a better quarterback, or at least a more developed quarterback, to say the least, because, you know, Trevor Lawrence would be amazing. But let's just say that they do end up hiring Urban Meyer. 
would they want to draft Justin Fields instead of Trevor Lawrence? I think that that's definitely an interesting case, and it reminds me a lot of the Cardinals when they drafted their quarterback. You know, they had Josh Rosen early on, and he looked like he needed a chance. He wasn't that great when he played, but, you know, he definitely looked like he deserved another shot at uh, another season. But, you know, the Cliff Kingsbury decided, hey, I'm, I'm moving on from him, and I'm going to draft Kyler Murray instead because he fits my offense better. They didn't give Rosen a chance. They just got rid of him immediately, and they drafted, uh, you know, Kyler Murray. So you look at Justin Fields. He's from Ohio State, and he was originally on Georgia. So if you look at Georgia and his Ohio, uh, Ohio State stats, he had 66 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, almost 5,500 yards passing, and he completed over 69.4% of his passes, and he has 19 rushing touchdowns. That's not bad for a college quarterback. He's definitely a top prospect. But you put that into perspective of what Trevor Lawrence has been able to do, and just keep in mind, Trevor Lawrence has played more games. Trevor Lawrence has thrown for 90 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, over 10,000 yards, and he has 18 rushing touchdowns. Obviously, he has played more, but we've seen Trevor Lawrence play in college, and he's a transcendental player. He's someone who, you know, you expect him to walk onto a team and just turn them into playoff contenders, essentially, kind of have the Andrew Luck effect or uh, a Joe Burrow effect where you think that you can essentially beat anyone on any given Sunday. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence is definitely a better talent than Josh Rosen. You definitely expect him to walk onto a team and play much better than Josh Rosen. So I'm not too sure that, you know, the Jaguars would pass on Trevor Lawrence. But it's interesting to think about because Justin Fields is no scrub. He's a very good quarterback, and he probably will be a very good quarterback in the league. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence has that resume and that, that spark, that ability. Um, so, you know, I think that it will be interesting to look at the Jaguars and what they end up doing. I don't think that they will end up hiring Eric Bieniemy, and that's not their choice. It's just going to be Eric saying, hey, I, I don't want to coach this really, really bad team. I'm probably going to go to the Chargers or the Texans or the Falcons or, or one of those teams instead. We'll have to see if they hire Raheem Morris. I think that they would probably want Urban Meyer over him. And looking at Robert Saleh, I don't know if they would take him or if, or if Robert would even want to play for that team, but we'll end up seeing what happens. I, I think they'll get something done with Urban Meyer, maybe not for $12 million a year, because that is a lot of money, but you look at Matt Rule's contract as well with the Panthers, and they gave him a lot of money, so maybe they'll end up giving Urban Meyer a lot of money as well. But I don't think that they will draft anyone but Trevor Lawrence just because he's a great quarterback. It's still interesting to think about Justin Fields, though. Now let's move on to the Texans. They recently hired Nick Casario, who has been with the Patriots since 2001. And throughout his tenure with the Patriots, he never had a final say over the roster, but was apparently a huge part of it. As you know, Bill Belichick was always the de facto uh, general manager for the Patriots. He always made decisions on what was going on on the roster, and he decided who to draft, who to sign in free agency, who to re-sign. And, you know, I'm not too sure what Nick Casario brings to the table, but I do know that the Texans have been chasing this guy for a while, and that really shows how they've been trying to be the Patriots of the South. If Bill O'Brien was not such an incompetent general manager, I'm sure they would have kept him and essentially became the Patriots of the South or, to the best of their abilities, became one of those teams. 
Um, so they've been chasing this guy for a while. They they wanted him last season, but they couldn't get an interview with him because of his contract with the Patriots. This is interesting just because Lewis Riddick was also a candidate, but he was not hired. He has experience as an executive like Casario, just not as a general manager, also like Casario, but he talked a lot about how he would build a culture for the Texans on air if he were the general manager and he was not chosen. It's interesting because Casario is not someone who has a lot of background and experience as well. I'm not too sure what he really brings to the table. I mean, let's think about it. Who had the Peaches drafted or brought in? He's not the one who drafted Tom Brady, and even if he was, that was just a fluke. No one expected a six-round pick to become the greatest of all time. Look at Wes Welker. I, I don't know. I think you just luck into that. And Julian Edelman, well, he's always been good with Tom Brady, but without Tom Brady, he's not that great. They definitely did draft Rob Gronkowski. Uh, they got Randy Moss. They did have a few players here and there, but the Pages have never been exceptional at drafting. They've never been exceptional in free agency. They've always been able to kind of keep a great team together, and I think a lot of that came down to having the right head coach and having the best quarterback in the league. And then on top of that, just, uh, you know, drafting Rob Gronkowski as well. But... I don't look at the Patriots as being successful as far as their draft position or their free agency acquisitions, so I'm not too impressed with this hire. And you look at their head coach coaching search, the Texans did not interview Eric Bieniemy, while most of the other teams did. Instead, they interviewed Joe Brady of the Carolina Panthers and former Bengals head coach Martin Lewis. Now both of these guys, they're not great. You look at Joe Brady, his offense in Carolina was mediocre. The Panthers were in the bottom half of the league in terms of total offense. And, you know, that's with Teddy Bridgewater. And you could say Teddy Bridgewater regressed a lot, and that's his own fault. But you have to remember, he was playing pretty darn well in New Orleans last season. In fact, after his play, you know, he, he only lost one game, I believe, and he won around five. Um, he looked like an elite quarterback and that's why so many teams were after him that's why he got the contract he got but for some reason with Joe Brady he's just really bad but you know I guess if you look at Matt LaFleur of the Packers he was a mediocre offensive coordinator as well but he got hired and he's had two straight seasons of 13 and three seasons but of course he does have Aaron Rodgers and he did inherit a great team as well or a fairly good team you could say but, you know, Joe Brady right now doesn't have that resume to become a head coach. You look at Marvin Lewis. This guy cannot win a playoff game to save his life. That's why he's out of the league. I mean, he's not a good coach. But for some reason, the Texans interviewed these two guys, but not Eric Bieniemy. And it's interesting because Watson advocated for Eric Bieniemy, and he even got Patrick Mahomes to put in a good word for Bieniemy. But the Texans still did not listen. Earlier in the season... The Texans executives met up with Deshaun Watson and they said, you're going to have a say in what we do. But, you know, the, they didn't hold up on their end of the bargain. They didn't listen to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun said, hey, I, I want to say in the general manager search. They just went out and hired Casario. They didn't listen to a word he had to say. They didn't even contact him. He said, I want to say in the head coaching search. And it's pretty clear that he wants Eric Bieniemy, at least according to reports. But... You know, again, the Texans didn't even bother to interview him, and they interviewed a bunch of mediocre guys. 
And that's why, you know, Deshaun Watson went out and, and tweeted that something's never changed a few hours after Nick Casario was hired. Obviously, it could have something to do with the civil unrest that we see in our country, but most people speculate that it was because of what the Texans did. So, you know, that's why Watson reportedly feels hurt, and that's why he wants to leave. And honestly, I don't blame him at all. Ever since he came into the league, he's been so special. You know, Tom Savage started uh, the first game when Deshaun was a rookie against the Jaguars, and he played so bad. Deshaun came in, scored a touchdown immediately, and he was always in shootouts throughout that season before his ACL injury. He was always keeping his team in the game, even if the defense didn't play up to standard. And after he got injured, he came the following season, and you could tell that he wasn't himself. He needed to get used to playing again. But, you know, he, he did lead the team to the playoffs. And, you know, they lost in the wild card round, but they were still a great team But Watson. In the following season, he came back to the divisional round. They had a 24 to nothing lead on the Chiefs, but lost it because of Bill O'Brien's stupidity. And, you know, I guess you could blame some of it on Deshaun Watson, but he's always been a great quarterback. And even this season... He was first in passing yards, tied for seventh in passing TDs and interceptions, and he also had the 12th highest QBR. And all of this was at a mediocre receiving group and essentially losing his best friend and the best one of the best receivers in the league, DeAndre Hopkins. He was able to do all of this with basically nothing. And, you know, he, he essentially created a team that was being very successful. So in my view, Deshaun Watson is a top two quarterback in the league. It's Patrick Mahomes and him. You look at Russell Wilson, great quarterback, but he can't sustain his success for a whole season. Early on, we thought he was the MVP candidate. We thought that the Seahawks were going to be the 2013 Broncos, like where Peyton Manning threw for 55 touchdowns, but that did not happen. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson have kept their abilities and their standards high throughout the whole season. They've never let up. I mean, you could say Patrick Mahomes wasn't as great later on in the season as he was early on, but, you know, at this point, you're cherry-picking. Both of them are great quarterbacks, and I, I view the future of the league as Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And you look at Deshaun Watson's contract, sure, he's owed a lot of money, but at the end of the day, the contract is not an issue when it comes to trading him. Because he is a superstar. Anyone in the league would give him that contract unless, you know, you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you have Patrick Mahomes. But the issue with trading him is how do you determine his value? When you do trade Deshaun Watson, you're essentially trading your franchise away. Or you're trading for your franchise. You're essentially saying, if you're the Texans, you're essentially saying, I'm closing my Super Bowl window. I'm forgetting about everything. If you're the team receiving him, you're essentially saying, I'm opening up my Super Bowl window. So how do you how do you decide his value? You've seen Khalil Mack and, and excellent players that are non-quarterbacks traded before, but we've never seen a quarterback like this fall into the trade market. And that's why a lot of people are saying that Deshaun will probably still stay on the Texans, at least for next season. The Texans are not looking to trade him. But we'll end up seeing what happens because Deshaun could give a lot of attitude. He could tweet out a lot of things. He's been fairly vocal about his opinion on a lot of things. 
he could sit out during training camp, camp or and face fines, but you know he could give a hard time to the team. In a sense, he could essentially tank his trade value just because of the attitude he gives the team, and they would end up trading him. But that's something that we'll discuss later on. So let's look at J.J. Watt. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2022, but he is a 30. He's 31 years old. He has an injury history, and he clearly wants to win now. And depending on Nick Casario and the new head coach, he might just end up being traded because they might want to make the team more younger. So I do view him as someone who will end up being traded. I don't know that the Texans see a future with him. I mean, he's given a lot to the team, but he is getting older. And again, that injury history is concerning. So which teams could he go to? In my eyes, the two teams he should go to or should consider are the Seahawks or Packers. He is from Wisconsin. He went to college in Wisconsin. I think the Packers are a perfect fit. Their defense was all right this season, but, you know, they could use a guy like him. The Seahawks, their defense was so bad early on, so, so bad. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't stop anybody. Um, they got better later on, but I still think that they're a pretender as far as their defense goes. So I think that the Seahawks are great for, for him as well. Now let's move on to the Colts. Man, the Colts are so, so lucky. Both games is against the Texans. They probably should have lost, at least the first game. But they lost because of the Texans' incompetence. They shouldn't even be in the playoffs. But the only reason that they are in the playoffs are because they won those two games. And because the Dolphins lost. They ended up finishing the season 11-5 and as opposed to the Dolphins finishing 10-6. and And now they have the 7th seed. So they'll be in Buffalo this weekend. If you look at their team, they're very loaded and they are very balanced. But the Bills are also very loaded and they're hot right now. They've been winning games left and right, especially since that Hail Mary against the Cardinals that gave them that loss. They haven't lost since then. So these are the questions that I have. If this game ends up being a shootout, do I trust Phillip Rivers to deliver? And the playoffs, especially given his history, I don't think so. We've seen Rivers have good teams and just not deliver. In fact, a few years ago, he was on the Chargers team that we thought could go to the Super Bowl, or a lot of people thought that could go to the Super Bowl. He got blown out by the Patriots. This is a guy who I wish nothing but the best for. He's a great quarterback and a great person overall, but he just can't deliver in the playoffs. I don't know what it is about him, but you know, I think he's going to end up finishing his career with no rings, and I think he's going to go home tomorrow. And you look at this game, and if it is a slugfest, do I trust Rivers or Allen more? If the game is 3-3 three to three with two minutes left in the game, do I trust Phillip Rivers or do I trust Josh Allen? Well, Josh Allen is an MVP candidate. He's young. He has Stephon Diggs. And, you know, the Bills have a decent defense and a lot of chemistry. I think that the Bills are going to take this one easily. Also, if you look at weather, it's probably going to be clear in Buffalo tomorrow or on Saturday. Uh, but the Colts are not fully used to it. Even if it doesn't snow, it's going to be very cold and the Colts play indoors. So I don't see 
the Colts being able to pull this one off at all. Let's move on to the Titans. It seemed like they were actually going to lose this division early on, um, or at least in the fourth quarter on Sunday. Uh, but they made it because of the Texans' incompetence. Again, they were able to make a last-minute field goal because with around 20-ish seconds left, Brian Tannehill chucked the ball and got his team in field goal range. So now they have a divisional round rematch from last season against the Ravens. And the Ravens are very, very motivated. Lamar and the team was counted out all season. And they were also embarrassed this season in overtime when they lost to the Titans. And also, if you look at the Ravens' defense, they're pretty good. But on the other side, the Titans have Ryan Tannehill, who played very well this season. And they also have Derrick Henry, who rushed for over 2,000 yards. So he's definitely the best running back in the league right now. Now, as far as weaknesses for both teams, look at the Titans. They've looked at vulnerable at times this season, especially in their first meeting against the Colts, both meeting against the Texans, who are a mediocre team, but you know they ended up in shootouts in both games. They also look mediocre against the Packers, the Steelers, and the Browns. And their defense is not great. In large part, they've been carried by their offense. On the other side, you look at the Ravens, and Lamar has struggled tremendously in the playoffs, and the losses early on in the season are concerning. If you remember last season, in the divisional round playoff game against the Titans, Lamar did have a lot of yards in that game, but he really just couldn't score, and a lot of those yards just came in garbage time when the Ravens were losing by a lot already. And, you know, I don't think that two playoff games should define a player. But it is concerning, and, you know, the Ravens are hot right now, but you look at their losses that they heard early on, and they were not against really great teams all the time. But I, I do think that the Ravens have their groove now, and they will likely take this one. The Titans can run with Henry. Ryan Tannehill can, you know, throw the ball, especially if Derrick Henry runs effectively. But I do think that the Ravens will end up having more rushing yards just because they have Lamar Jackson and they have their running backs. The game will end up being fairly close, but I think that the Ravens will find a way and Lamar will get rid of this label that he can't win in the playoffs. So let's look at the rest of the games that we have this weekend on wildcard weekend. So I think that the Seahawks are going to end up being beating the Rams. I know a lot of people are picking the Rams to beat the Seahawks, but I simply just trust Russell Wilson more. The defense is playing a lot better than they did early on in the season, and you know that I guess doesn't say a lot because their defense was so bad early on. But, you know, you have to remember that Jared Goff is a turnover machine. He He's a good system quarterback at times, I guess. He's better than Carson Wentz. He's been to the Super Bowl. But he is a turnover machine. I don't know how people are picking the Rams to win this. They, they look like they would be an okay team. They look like they're a balanced team. But on the other side, you are going up against Russell Wilson. So I, and, and, you know, he has DK Metcalf and all these receivers as well, so I don't see how the Seahawks end up losing this, especially at home, even if they don't have a lot of fans or any fans at all. You look at the Bucks at Washington. Alex Smith has been incredible this season, considering what he's gone through. No one thought he would be playing football again, and a lot of people thought that he might not even walk again. 
But here he is in the playoffs, and he's honestly been fairly good in the playoffs. His statistics in the playoffs are incredible. If you remember that one time uh, the Chiefs blew a lead to the Colts early on in the 2010s, Alex Smith played incredible in that game. He, in fact, outplayed Andrew Luck in that game, but they ended up losing. And I expect Alex Smith to play good again, but the Bucks are loaded. Tom Brady has been playing very, very well as of late. And if the Bucks were to lose this game, this would go down in history because, you know, this is this is just historic. This would be a historic loss for Tom Brady, and it would look very bad on his resume as well. Let's look at New Orleans and Chicago. I, I really want to pick Chicago in the upset, given how many times the Saints have been unlucky. And, and just the fact that Chicago's motivated by the fact that Everyone thinks that they shouldn't be there, that they think that they got lucky. I mean, they got blown out last week, and they still got into playoffs because Arizona lost. But we have to remember that, that the NFC was weak this season, and the Bears are, in fact, lucky to be here. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. If this were the AFC, they wouldn't even have a chance. So even though Drew Brees hasn't playing, has not been playing so great as of late, suffering with all those rib injuries. I still think that they have enough talent to beat this team. And, you know, if they were to lose to Chicago, it would be another historic defeat. And I don't think that Drew Brees wants to retire like this if this is, in fact, his last season. So let's look at Cleveland versus the Steelers. This is definitely interesting. Early on in the week, I thought that I would pick Cleveland to win this game just because the Steelers have been struggling Cleveland feels so rejuvenated to be in the playoffs. But then Kevin Stefanski got COVID and he will not be coaching the game. And that's definitely going to hurt because he's been the Browns glue and he guided their offense, rejuvenated Baker, and brought in a new culture. But I think we have to remember that this culture doesn't just disappear because the coach is not there. They may not necessarily play to the fullest potential, they might lose some discipline, but I don't think that they will just implode in this game. The Steelers have been struggling a lot this season, especially as of late, dropping four of their last five. They have no run game, and I don't think that you can rely on a quarterback that is regressing and over 38 years old. Also, anytime a player talks trash about another team, I've just seen them lose. You look at the Saints, they've been so open about how they think that other teams can't beat them or how they think that they're so great and then they lose in the playoffs. Juju came online and said that, you know, he doesn't think that, he thinks that the Browns are the Browns. They're probably going to lose the game. He talked trash about them and that probably won't go well for them. I think that the Browns are already so motivated to be in the playoffs. I don't think that they need additional motivation from their big brother Steelers. So I think that the Cleveland Browns still end up being beating the Steelers even though it might be a much closer game than I originally anticipated. So, just to recap, we talked about the Jaguars possibly hiring Urban Meyer, um, and because of that, they might end up drafting a Justin Fields instead of Trevor Lawrence. At the end of the day, I don't think that you can pass up on Trevor Lawrence, and I do think that they're going to end up hiring Urban Meyer regardless, just because Eric Bieniemy might choose another team Robert Saleh might choose another team as well, and I think that they would probably want Urban Meyer over Raheem Morris. You look at the Texans, 
Nick Casario was hired, and he was hired over Lewis Reddick. The Texans did not interview Eric Bieniemy, even though Deshaun Watson wanted them to, and because they haven't really been listening to him, even though they promised him that they would listen to him, they're probably going to have to trade Deshaun Watson, otherwise I do think that he will show a lot of attitude in some way, whether it be through Twitter or sitting out. He might essentially tank his trade value. JJ Watt as well, he's more likely to be traded um, just because of his contract and just because he's getting older. And even if he wants to be on the Texans, I think that they'll probably end up trading him. You look at the Colts, they were able to sneak into the playoffs just because they got lucky with the Dolphins losing to Buffalo. But I don't think that they will win. I think that the road ends here, and I think that Philip Rivers probably has to retire after this season. Look at Tennessee. They were able to win the division on the last uh, minute field goal against the Texans, and they're going up against the Ravens. At the end of the day, I uh, think that this game will probably be interesting, but I do see the Ravens essentially taking this one just because even though the Titans can run with Henry, the Ravens do have Lamar and he's super motivated, the team's whole motivated, and it'll end up being like that. And as far as my picks for the rest of the playoff games, the Seahawks end up being the Rams, the Bucks beat Washington, Saints beat Chicago, Cleveland beats the Steelers. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me and I hope that you have a great week. I'll go ahead and talk to you guys next week. Thank you.